In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the owners grouping. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the and I'm having a great time. Oh, what a trip, huh? <laughs> you never know what's going to happen on the show. That's the problem. I, you know, uh, it's it's just crazy. Just because I don't hey, know what's going to happen. It's always exciting. Yeah. You know, it's well, like ghost hunting. You never know what's going to happen. Really, except without the food. <laughs> Although maybe I should start like bringing food. Well, like, nobody can see me, right? So I could absolutely. That's not a bad idea, except I'd be there. Oh, wrong, 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 wrong. But wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, how have you been there, young lady? Oh, doing pretty good. And, you know, just talking to you, the sun seems to be breaking through the clouds. So, oh. you know, that's that's a good thing. We got really drenched up here uh, around Dover t- uh, today. And uh, it's nice to see some sunshine. So I think it's all uh, to your credit. You know what? I'm looking out the window now. It's like yellow. It's like this weird, funky color. So, anyway, the number here is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869, or join us in the Toji, what is that? The Toji, Toji Chat? I think that's the, what it's called, or Toji Chat. Or, I don't know. I'll, I'll get it straight one of these days. <laughs> but, anyways, uh, we... Uh, have an unusual show tonight. We have a, a couple of things we're going to talk about. Uh, we have a young lady uh, who is, well, we have a caller right now. So why don't we take the caller first before we even get into that? We'll just jump right in. Uh, Good. Okay. Hello, caller. Hi, Ron. It's Jeremy. Jeremy, how are you? Oh, Good. <laughs> As as you guys might not know, or those who listen regularly do know, that Jeremy is the lighthouse expert for the lighthouse something or other. I never <laughs> uh, that's close. It's the American Lighthouse Foundation. I'm the historian. You know, I almost said that. Yeah? I would have been wow. right like the first time in my I, life. I would have been shocked. <laughs> yeah, I would have been too. And, and Jeremy uh, and I uh, designed a special and, and uh, a special tour for uh, David Wells from Most Haunted, who will be here next week or the week after, one or the other. Yeah, two two tours. Yeah, two. Uh, yeah. Uh, do we want to mention the one that sold out? I don't know if we should even talk about that at this point. But well, uh, yeah, actually, it was. It's pretty cool. Uh, Fiona, yeah. you're going with us on that one, I believe, too. Yes, right? I am. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. I'm I'm very excited about it. So, what's the second one? Uh, August 11th, we're having a, a haunted harbor sunset cruise uh, on the with ghost David ship. Wells. On the ghost uh, ship. Don't forget uh, the ghost ship. 
on the the uh, motor vessel heritage uh, Portsmouth Harbor working with Portsmouth Harbor Cruises on this, and it's going to leave from uh, basically downtown Portsmouth. Uh, and uh, it's a fairly small boat, so we're only taking 40 people, and uh, it's we've sold more than half the tickets so far. So there's not a lot of time left to get to get tickets for that. Wow. Um, and people can check that out at NewEnglandLighthouseTours.com. Do I need a Dramamine? Uh, you might. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> how long uh, are you going out for? If we were going out tonight, you'd need, need Dramamine. I'm sorry, how long? Uh, yeah, but, how long? But, about 90 minutes, give or take a few minutes. Um, and we're going to go uh, near uh, the two lighthouses, Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse, which has plenty of ghost stories, uh, and uh, New England Ghost Project has done a couple of investigations there, and we're going to go near Whaleback Lighthouse uh, at the mouth of the Piscataqua River, and uh, the uh, the prison at the Portsmouth Naval Shipyard, which is uh, known for being haunted, Ooh. and also the Wentworth-by-the-Sea Hotel, which is also known for being haunted. Actually, Fiona's yep. done a lot of uh, work there. At the, right, uh, that's right. Fiona, yep. you're, I know you, I was reading on your site about your experiences with the Wentworth, so you know, oh. you know plenty about that. In fact, um, I don't know if you're coming on this there. cruise, but yeah. You grew up um, at the Wentworth? Uh, we used to go there every summer. Yeah, really? uh, yeah. I was reading that. Yeah, and you you experienced things there as a as a young girl, right? But... Yes, I did. Uh, mm-hmm. The place is very haunted. It's wonderfully haunted. It's a happy haunted place. Uh, well, some, you know, as long as you're not creeped out by ghosts, it's not like you're <laughs> not menacing or anything. But yeah. no, it's it's really delightfully haunted, and I just I still love the Wentworth. Uh huh. It is a great place. And Ron and I went there a few months ago. Was it April Run with Gavin Cromwell? Uh, we did. Yeah. Oh, and good. And, Gavin. and you know what? Okay. This is like really weird, Fiona. And, yeah. And uh, we, we were given a tour of the place. They took us around, and, and Gavin gave his impressions, whatever he picked up on. But we came out of the elevator. I forget which floor it was. And I came out there, and, and I looked at the guide, and I turned to her and said, uh, was there a fire here? And then after that, we could all smell smoke. It was really bizarre. Mm-hmm. Wow. And as it turned out, the building did burn. The one right. behind it. Yeah, yep. there was a big fire years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So coincidence, I think. Demonstrating, <laughs> demonstrating your psychic abilities there, definitely. Na 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 na. Gavin, I don't know if everybody listening knows Gavin Cromwell, a well-known psychic from Wales. Actually, he's yeah. going to be uh, quite well known over here now. Uh, yeah. His his events are doing very very well. Uh huh. He is coming in next week, and we'll be here with David Wells as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you've probably already been promoting your other events you're doing with both of them coming up. Uh, I don't have those. no time to pr- promote them. <laughs> promote them but on your show, at least, I hope you've been telling people about that, because I know you have a number of events lined up with them. Which, we did. Uh, I know yeah. one of them has already sold out, and the others are uh, doing very well as well. Mm-hmm. So. Good. But anyways, um, we, that's, so we have that, uh, when is that, that boat thing? August 11th, Monday. It's a Monday evening at 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, yeah. And, uh, again, there are still some tickets left, not a whole lot. Um, And you can, again, check it out at NewEnglandLighthouseTours.com. Also, my regular, my other lighthouse tours, which are not all ghost-related, but I always always do work in some some ghost stories because lighthouses and ghosts seem to go together pretty well. Because you can. (laughs) <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. And so, that's um, uh, mm-hmm. Lighthouse CC, is that it? Well, that's, yeah, lighthouse.cc is my, my website on all lighthouses of New England. People can go to lighthouse.cc, and there's a link for the tours right at the top, 
or they can go straight to NewEnglandLighthouseTours.com. Either one will work. Okay. Um, and it's CC because? Because when you're at a lighthouse and you look around, what do you see? You see C, of course. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that is so bad, Jerry. Yeah, it is. I know. It's, it's terrible. I know. I'm ashamed of myself. But yeah. I can't help it. But it's a good uh, website. You yeah. know, really informative, really good site. Worth visiting. Thank you. Jeremy, Jeremy knows his lighthouses. I mean, I saw him on TV. You know, it was really funny, actually. This is it was kind of like a, uh, a a very nice night for me. I turned on the TV, and I was watching Haunted Lighthouses, and, mm-hmm. and who do I see Jeremy Dupont <laughs> on it? Not only telling the stories, but he also acted part of the lighthouse keepers. That's right. Yeah, I got to play the lighthouse ghost in part of some scenes of and that And then show. I put on Monster yeah. Quest, and who's on Monster Quest? On my good friend, Jeff Belanger. Mm-hmm. I said, well, that's bizarre. <laughs> that's pretty funny to... And Just watch TV at random over. and see people They're you know. are talking yeah. about uh, 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 Salem, and who's on? Michelle Belanger, also another good friend of mine, uh, mm-hmm. who's a, a, a psychic vampire. And it's like, hey, I know all these people. Mm. That's so funny. I... And, the, and the book I'm working on right now is Haunted Salem. So there Ooh. it goes. Full loop. Huh. I, have this, well, somebody, I know you too, but I haven't seen you on TV, Fiona. Somebody a few years ago did a Haunted Salem book. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they used one of my photos of Baker Baker's Island Lighthouse near Salem that's supposed to be haunted. Ooh, really? Oh, I will have to talk to you about that. Yeah, there is there is another book besides mine in progress mm-hmm. um, about Haunted Salem, uh, but we would definitely want to include your stuff um, and and give you credit for for your knowledge of uh, ghosts around Salem too. So that would be excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, anytime. Just let me know. Yeah. yeah. In his spare time. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also, we have, we actually plan some events for this fall as well. Uh, we uh, are going on another cruise. We're doing a ghost cruise in the fall, right? A uh, bus tour, actually. We're doing both. Well, um, unless... <laughs> Unless I miss something, I don't think we're going to have a boat tour as part of that, but we could possibly work a boat tour. No, not, not, not as part of that. But oh, oh, we're talking about doing it. That's right. Another another boat tour on the fall. See, there's so many things thing. going on we don't I'm even sorry. know. I'm sorry. How bad exactly. is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for reminding me. That's right. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll line up another uh, cruise in the fall, but also <laughs> we have, we're doing... We a, for, the, the big one, though, will be a, a bus tour where we're going to... Uh, actually, the, the lighthouse where I saw you on yeah. uh, haunted uh, That's right. lighthouses, which was Owlhead. Owl's Head, which is near Rockland, Maine, on the mid-coast Maine and area. It's never been investigated. As far as I know, no, it hasn't. And mm-hmm. uh, we've been in touch with the Coast Guard, and we're going to get access to the Lighthouse and Keeper's House. We're not going to spend the night there or anything, but we'll have some time there around uh, early in the evening. And, and it is an active Coast Guard uh, station, right? Yeah, well, um, a Coast Guard family lives there. Yeah. So it's not really a station, it but it's Coast well, Guard unless, housing. Unless they're yeah. dead, they're active. Right. <laughs> oh. Um, well, anyway, so um, that's, yeah, uh, I think it was um, Coastal Living Magazine a couple of years ago called it the uh, most haunted lighthouse in America. Uh-huh. And I've talked to almost everybody I've talked to who's lived there has had some really interesting experiences, and I've talked to a number number of people who've lived there. Um, only one one couple, the last couple before the present ones who lived there, said nothing happened, but everybody happened, but everybody else said all kinds of stuff happened. So Really? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And we'll go to the main lighthouse museum as part of that. That's in Rockland too, which is not necessarily haunted, although who knows? But um, just a really interesting museum with a huge collection of lenses and all kinds of artifacts and stuff. So yeah, but I'm sure you're going to. When is that tour? Here. We're planning October 25th and 26th. This is not uh, officially announced yet, so people listening are hearing this for the first time. 
but we'll work out the, all the details very soon and officially get it going and start taking uh, ticket sales pretty soon. And is that a weekend? I don't know if my calendar. Is um, yeah. Yeah. Let me uh, let, yeah, let me remind myself exactly. It is. It is a weekend. Um, it is okay. Looking in my book here, it is a Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, and uh, we'll leave you know early in the morning from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and come back uh, probably sometime Sunday evening. This will be in a, a full size bus. So wow, details to be announced soon. It'll be the regular tour bus for us. Yeah. Very cool. So, and you actually just got back from uh, a lighthouse tour, I believe, shortly. Uh, shortly, a little while ago. <laughs> um, right. I was just up in uh, Bahaba for for a few days. Bahaba. Yeah. Bahaba. Bahaba. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, we did an all all day, uh, not an all day, but about a five hour lighthouse cruise with the American Lighthouse Foundation on Sunday. And a couple of those, a couple of those lights certainly have ghost stories. I told some of those on the cruise. Um, Prospect Harbor Light, for instance, which is one of the lights cared for by the American Lighthouse Foundation. Uh, people stay there. Military families can stay there for vacation housing, and a lot of them have, have uh, described strange phenomena in there, including a, a little sea captain statue that supposedly moves around on his own. This was in the Haunted Lighthouse show you saw on the Travel Channel also, Ron. Uh, one thing I don't think was mentioned yes, in that is a lot, that. A, lot, yeah, a lot of people say they smell uh, like pipe smoke in the house when nobody's smoking. And we do know that the father of the last keeper there died in the house. They say while he was lighting his pipe, he fell, he had a heart attack and died. And people keep smelling pipe smoke there, so there could be a connection connection there. Oh, that's Quentin. wonderful. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's see, uh, a couple of the other lighthouses. Uh, Winter Harbor Light, which is near Bar Harbor. Um, there's a couple of great books about that lighthouse written by a woman who owned it. She and her husband owned it for a while and lived there, Bernice Richmond. And she wrote about how sometimes she'd be there by herself, and she would hear what she called unseen callers. This is on an island, off by itself on an island, a small, very small island, nothing there but the lighthouse. And she would hear all these voices outside, and it sounded like somebody was coming to the door, like a group of people. And she would go open the door, and nobody was there. And uh, her brother stayed there and heard similar stuff and couldn't stand it anymore and couldn't figure out how his sister could spend so much time there alone at the <laughs> lighthouse. So, again, it seems, especially the ones on islands, it just seems they... They seem to, you know, stories like that seem to, to go with the lighthouses. That is so interesting. And, you know, there, there are so many reasons why lighthouses could be haunted. You know, just the connection with, with unfortunately, loss of life at sea and, um, you know, the, the perils of the sea. And it's just, you know, there's a lot of good reasons for that, the, the proximity of the water. And mm-hmm. we know that a lot of places near the water are more likely to be haunted. Yeah. And don't don't know what 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 the connection is. We just know that that seems to be a connection. Right. And a lot of, of really interesting stuff. So I I love the lore that goes with lighthouses. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree. And luckily for me, since I make my living writing about them, a lot of people are very interested in, in lighthouses and and ghost stories at lighthouses, maybe especially. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, what we got coming up, and uh, it's, I'm really excited. Uh, I've, I've worked with Jeremy before on a couple of things, and we had a great time. In fact, we we uh, my one of my first trips since my bypass surgery was to Portsmouth Light. Uh, Jer- Jeremy dragged me there, and uh, <laughs> we were interviewed by the gossip lady. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not online yet, as far yeah. as I know. But I'll I'll you know let you know when I find out. You know when someone's yeah, on. Well, it's yeah. a must-see, I'm sure. Yeah, it's a woman uh, named uh, Janae McCartan who writes for the Portsmouth Herald newspaper. 
Yeah. And she calls herself the Gossip Lady. She has a gossip column in the newspaper, and she also does these video segments out in the community about different things that are happening. She wears crazy clothes and crazy hats. Hey, so do I. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess you're the gossip guy, but... Oh, wait a minute. Only, only in my bedroom. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a different show. That's um, <laughs> Jerry Springer, I think. But anyway, um, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah, the gossip lady. So this will be a segment that will be on the Portsmouth Herald website eventually about uh, us talking about the lighthouse and about the tours coming up and everything. But it was fun. All right, Jerry. Well, we want to thank you so much for uh, coming sure. on board and, and dropping in. You're very welcome. Anytime. And uh, get some rest because you'll need it. Yeah, I've got to give another tour tomorrow. So. Are you really? What's What's this one? Uh, I have a, a several hour tour to to the Newburyport, Mass area, and the uh, lighthouse and a cruise and, and stuff. So most oh, Thursdays and Fridays, good. I'm giving my own my own tours as part of my New England Lighthouse Tours business. Now, if somebody wanted to sign up for one of those, how how would they do that? Uh, again, they can check out NewEnglandLighthouseTours.com. I think that's about, must be ten times I've mentioned that, but that's thank right. you for asking. Um, yeah, or, often. Yeah, um, and uh, the the schedule of the cruises, I mean, the uh, tours is on there, and they can actually buy tickets through the website, or they can call me if they want to uh, make a reservation or ask any questions or whatever. My phone number's on there as well. My phone yeah, number, in case people don't have Internet access, is 603 431 Nine one five five. I hate to tell you, if they don't have internet ask us, they're not going to get your phone number because this is the show's going over the internet. Oh, that's true. <laughs> well, yeah, but they might know somebody. Yeah, but somebody. I knew, I knew that. I did know that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I feel really stupid now. But it, maybe somebody's listening from the next room, you know, and they don't like to go to the computer. So oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> or, or they might know somebody who doesn't who would want there to go, go on the tour. But exactly, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I have a question about your lighthouse tours in general. Mm-hmm. How many? How often do you talk about ghosts when you go on these? I mean, is this something that that most of the lighthouses that that you take tours to, you you have at least one or two ghost stories that go with oh, yeah. it? Or, yeah? Well, not every lighthouse, but um, Portsmouth Harbor Light in Newcastle, New Hampshire is always included in my tours. Uh-huh. And uh, there's plenty of tough stuff to talk about there, so I, I pretty much always talk about some of the ghost stories there. Good. And um, I usually work in some of the other stories, you know, from other, not necessarily lighthouses we're seeing on the tours, but, um, you know, from other lighthouses. Depending on how interested people are. Some people are really interested and want to hear all the can get about that, and others just, you know, kind of laugh and don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. So I try to try to gauge, you know, how interested they are. That's why That's, we added those other tours, is because uh, there is a demand for them. Uh, oh, absolutely. People keep asking us, oh, I can't make this one. Can we, are you going to have another one? So, yeah, yeah I guess so. Oh, yeah. All right, David. Jeremy, we want to thank okay. you so much for uh, calling in. And, uh, You're welcome. Good luck. Get some rest. Okay, you too. Thank right. you. Yep, See you later. See you soon. Yep, bye. Oh, that's pretty cool, huh? Oh yeah, that's he's so interesting, and he knows so much about the lighthouses. And you know, I'm I'm just very eager to hear his stories, the ghost stories that go with these different lighthouses. So I think any one of his tours would probably be a whole lot of fun. Yeah, the um, he he really does know his stuff. I mean, every time I talk to him, he's got something new. And 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 the 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 important thing is he does the research. And yeah. and I think we we talk about that a lot. That's an important part of any ghost hunting group is to do the research. Absolutely. Uh, you know, just because someone died in a house doesn't mean that spirit is haunting that house. No, and just because they say somebody died there doesn't mean that anybody actually did. You have to check it out. Exactly. 
So speaking of that, let's bring in our next uh, person, uh, who is Janet Rucker, who is the head of our research uh, department here at the New England Ghost Project. Janet, are you there? I'm there. How are you? Good. And uh, Janet is actually a, a librarian, is that correct? I am. Yes, I am. I have and my you, master's. You have a degree in yep, library science? I do. Which is an important part. Yes, because it helps um, you to find ways to find information when you think you've hit a brick wall and to authenticate that information, because that's a number one. As you were talking about uh, the previous caller, I listened in a little bit, and um, he does a lot of research, but... Lots of times when you come up on legend or lore or just the story that's been handed down, um, you can't verify that information in anything, in a book, in an old newspaper, in deed searches, in death indexes. Um, so it's really, really important to uh, really check your facts. Yes. Because you don't want to perpetuate something that's just not true. And, yeah. and you know, I run into that a lot. Yes, I think it's very common, particularly when you're doing research in an area that doesn't have um, good records or historical societies that are missing records when you're dealing with older um, hauntings or just activity. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's hard to, to get. Plus, the other thing, I, I've worked with the historical society up where I live, and some of the books that they have, while they look, authentic, are actually put, pieced together by locals who really? yeah, have handed yeah. down the lore. So you really need to double-check the facts in some of the historical books. You have to go back and look at the families that lived in the area to verify. It'd be great if there was a local cemetery, but, for instance, in my town, I think there's eight local cemeteries, and we're only 1,700 people. Right. <laughs> so I'm not sure where everybody's buried, but they're all over the place. Okay. So let me ask you this. If, if a ghost hunting group um, was doing an investigation, okay, and then they wanted to do some research on, for instance, a house, or uh, I mean, how would they go about it? I mean, how would they start doing research on a particular case that they were working on? I think if you have a dedicated research person or people, the best thing to do to keep it as clean as you can get it, research-wise, is to give them the minimalist information, meaning the, the address of the house or the property or whatever it is, the, the year it was built, as much information about the actual building of the house and the location, not so much owners, because they should be able to search deeds and then start pulling names from the deeds. So I would say that would be your first step if you wanted to do it that way. Then once you get your names from the deeds, you'd have to look at the time frame. And you do have to be a little savvy or know someone that's savvy about the area you're looking in and what might have happened historically in that area. We have um, Tom, who Ron knows, is very good about if I throw a date out to him in an area because of his history background, he could give me information such as, oh, wait, there was an outbreak of something there, maybe there be a death. Maybe not. If so, you, we'd have to look in certain places. So if, if the haunting or activity is being, is try, they're trying to hang it on someone in particular, the people that live there, or again, a lore, then it's really important to verify how 
the place you're looking at today got where it is today, and even the land. So I would say they need to start with deed searching. From the deed searching, they take family names, and then from family names, they can look at, um, depending on how far back it goes, they could go to historical societies. They could even try the, the death index, the Social Security death index. Um, and then from that, they can come back to the team, if they've, even if you've already done the, the uh, investigation, and say what they have. Or if the research is part of the team, they could try and keep it to themselves and just collect more facts. It, it really depends on how that, goes, that um, investigative team works because they all work a little differently. I just think yeah. it's better to have clean research. I'm a big fan of city directories. Yep, city directories are, should be in most public libraries. Yeah, <laughs> the, the 19th century ones because you can start with the address and it tells you everybody who lived there and what they, and what their job was, they were right. and right. where they worked exactly. And then you can find some wonderful connections uh, among people. I, I really am a big fan of those. And I worked, um, previous to moving up here, I worked in, in New York, and um, I worked in the public library in New York for about two years, and I um, did oftentimes did research. One was for Emily Post's husband who was killed. The researcher was doing her, her book on her life, and we had, a local, we had on microfiche our local paper that went back to the 1800s. And sure enough, he was killed on a, it was his, her ex-husband, actually, which is strange for Emily Post, but um, he was killed in a shipwreck off of Fire Island. And wow. I, was, I was able to locate that article and then subsequent articles because she came from the Babylon area, which is where I was, and Fire Island. And, that. And, and so it was interesting, but it took a lot of time yes. to narrow that down. So it, in addition to city indexes, I guess my point is you can look in the obits in the local papers it, mm -hmm. it is a lot of time, but it's actually a lot of fun once you start piecing together. What oh, yeah. I've, I've done professional genealogy for 30 years now. I am totally hooked on this stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's a lot of fun when you piece it together. Um, and, you know, yeah. it's, what's really funny is, is um, anybody ever heard of the history detectives? Is that on the History Channel? That's on actually PBS. PBS. No, I don't think, I don't think I've watched it. It's actually a, a real good show to watch if you, if you can catch it sometime. And w what it does is, is they'll, uh, uh, someone will send them, you know, say, oh, I've got this, uh, I don't know, a gun or something, or I've got this uh, toy or something or this thing. And they'll go back and they'll, they'll try to research it and find out, like, what does this belong to who or who does it belong to. Oh. And it, and it, it's really, really a great show. And... Uh, they have a website, and on the website, it actually tells you how to do some of this stuff, which is really cool, especially for someone who doesn't, you know, have access to, like, a research team. Right. Uh, they can actually get a lot of good information. Well, that's the music, which means we're going to have to take a break now. Can you guys hold on? I can Absolutely. hold on. Okay. Uh, we'll be right back. Uh, you listen to Ghost Chronicles on Net. I am Ron Cohen, Yona Broom, and Jenna Ruckett's on the line, and we'll be back right after these messages. Whatever happened to Peggy Sue? She was 17 when Buddy Holly wrote the song that changed her life, Buddy Holly's hit song, Peggy Sue. Tragedy struck on February 3, 1959, when Buddy Holly was killed in a plane crash. Peggy Sue's whole world crashed as well, and now... 
Peggy Sue is telling her story. The whole controversial story, it's the real story about a relationship with Buddy and the real story of her marriage to Buddy's best friend and a drummer in the band. A marriage that was filled with emotion and physical abuse. It's the autobiography of Peggy Sue Guerin called Whatever Happened to Peggy Sue. And now, Peggy Sue is reaching out to women who feel trapped in a marriage of physical abuse. The National Coalition Against Domestic Violence has named Peggy Sue as one of its main spokespersons and to host a new domestic violence radio show on Togunet.com. Whatever Happened to Peggy Sue is available on the web at PeggySueOnline.com and at national bookstores. Whatever Happened to Peggy Sue, published by Togi Entertainment. Hi, this is Elizabeth Foley of Divine Healing, and join me for the Phoenix Hour. Tips and tools for personal and spiritual transformation on TojiNet every Wednesday from 4 to 5, beginning January 9th. Listen live to the most outstanding names in metaphysics as well as some new emerging personalities in the spiritual community. Each Wednesday on TojiNet.com, there will be straight talk exploring various metaphysical theories, beliefs, healing modalities, and tools for personal and spiritual transformation. Join me as we explore not only angels, but everything else under the stars. Be the phoenix, forever changing and transforming, every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m., and see you then. We're back. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles on TojiNet. I am Ron Kolick. With me is my very special co-host, Fiona Broom from Hollow Hill. That's <laughs> www.hollowhill.com. Shameless plug. <laughs> oh, by the way, I should give out my website, don't you think? Any ghost I think so. <laughs> Any ghostproject.com, any like New England, ghost and ghost and project and project and dot com like dot com. And my guest right now is Janet Rucka, who is the head of our research. Hello. Hey. So uh, actually, we had talked a little bit earlier, and you were watching. Uh, Ghost Hunters I, International. There you go. Last night, actually, or night, no, on the 22nd. And it was, um, I actually looked it up in between calling you back. Um, it was Salmsbury Hall. And one of the things that the curator had told them as a, okay, this is what happens kind of deal, was that there was a white lady who they've named Lady Dorothea, and she had at some point run in front of a police car right outside the property, and it had dented the car, and she disappeared. So after they completed their investigation, in which they found nothing, they had no no evidence of anything, they sat down with him, and they... Um, had sent a researcher into the local library and also had him call the police station. And they said to the curator, well, you know, the police can't verify anything like that ever happening outside this area. And he, of course, right away said, well, yeah, because they wouldn't want to let something like that out. So I thought it was interesting um, because people really start to believe what they've been told. And it's very hard to shake them of that, even when there's no hard evidence. So I guess that's important for a researcher if you do do if you do, do if you do an do oral do. history if you do do if you do an oral history with someone to right. understand that in their mind this is what they know is to be true. Mm-hmm. So you have to listen to what they say to you in order to debunk it or find out the reality or where where in reality that came from. So Right. I mean, we talk a lot of times like uh, the urban legends, for instance, like Bloody right. Mary or uh, what, what's some of the other ones. I don't the know. other one with the guy that kills everybody in Lover's Lane. and Yeah, there's, there's tons of them. 
Yeah. But, I mean, those were all passed on from person to person. I mean, most of them is, you know, purely fiction. Yeah. So, I mean, but if it's passed on long enough, it becomes a, uh, let's see, uh, it has a, a tent of truth to it, let's put it that way. People want to believe it. Yeah, I um, when when I saw you last and you discussed, you, I don't know if you meant if you got my email, but I did a little research on that Emily's Bridge. Oh yeah, that you just spoke about. I think I, I emailed you back. I just did internet research because not that it's in a place far, far away, but um, it was interesting. There were a few sites, and they all kind of varied a bit on as to what happened to Emily that made her right. so mean and nasty that she scratches horses and people and cars. Mm-hmm. You know, one, it was a jilted lover, and one, it was... Fiona, are you familiar with Emily's Bridge? That rings a bell, but so, I've got so many bridge stories, I'm yeah. getting scrambled. What, what's it's the story? So, so Vermont, it's, in, it's in Vermont. Yeah. Um, it's either she was a jilted lover, she was supposed to meet her, her lover and run away, and he didn't show, so she killed herself near this covered bridge, or her parents wouldn't let her marry someone, so she hung herself near the covered bridge. Anyway... The activity supposedly is since, I want to say the 17 or 1800s, I don't have the web page in front of me, but anything going through the covered bridge at, a, at night is known to be gassed or slashed, so whether it was a horse and carriage or a person or a car, and so it's Emily's Bridge. Don't know if it's true or not. I, I definitely want to do an investigation here, certainly a podcast, yes. because I am dying to find out. I've known this story all my life, and... It's, for some reason, it's intrigued me. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, like I said, there's a number of websites out there. Um, there's a few, since you're in Vermont, you're close to Canada. There's a few paranormal groups in Canada that I believe have done some research. Or uh, so, I, I, so it's definitely been investigated, and, but as I said, everybody has a little bit different slant onto Emily and how exactly she got mean and nasty. So mean I'm not sure. Well, and the thing is, that's a unique enough story that it's worth investigating because a lot of these urban legends, you know, they, they just keep popping up different locations, but it's the same story same over story. and over yeah, again. The hitchhiker and the, yeah. Yeah. Correct. But this one is different than the usual bridge stories I hear, so that makes it worth investigating, definitely. Right. We actually, uh, in Lowell, have the Witch Bonnie uh Legend, which is, in fact, they they almost made a movie of it, I believe. But it's a uh, a statue in the uh, cemetery in Lowell, and that's uh, we did a, a podcast, a little bit one on it. I dragged Maureen there and <laughs> made her walk around and some other stuff. But anyways, uh, that's the one yeah. where her blouse keeps dropping, right? Ooh, her what? Her, her blouse? blouse? Yes, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the pictures. <laughs> It really is dropping lower and lower. It's uh-huh. amazing. That, I, I thought that was just urban legend. I thought that was ridiculous. And then a friend of mine who was going back regularly and taking pictures, she showed me a whole series of her pictures, and it was like, oh, my gosh, the blouse really is dropping. Does she know all the legend behind it, your friend? No, no, she just was there. She just likes to take pictures of, of monuments. Right. And so she started taking the pictures, and she noticed the blouse dropping. So she came to me asking me if I'd heard anything about it, and I didn't know anything about it. But when she showed me the pictures, it was like, oh, dear heaven. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. There's a, there's a lot more that goes with that. Oh. You, 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That if if you uh, uh, what's the word? I can't even say it. Uh, no. Uh, if you do certain things there, uh, certain things will happen. Uh, <laughs> right. Which is all I could, which I can all I can say on the radio and keep it clean. <laughs> Just say if you visit the, visit the grave, you will find strange objects um, around the grave. There you go. Thank there you. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh you my use, gosh! You could use your imagination and figure it out from there. Yeah, oh, I actually I dragged understand. Maureen there, and uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. She she knew nothing about it. It's kind of like when Clay and I had gone to um, the Voodoo Queens in uh, New Orleans. We visit, we did a cemetery tour when we were there. Maureen LeBeau? Oh, yeah. Maureen LeBeau, yeah. too. Yeah, and it, we're not even sure it's hers. Right, and, and we, we did a cemetery tour, and there were many we went to, and there's so many weird things left there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, that's... What were That's they really something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is very interesting, and you don't really stay too long because it's very strange. If you go to New Orleans, the one to see definitely on any type of tours is Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary is excellent. Yeah, we. Um, I don't. I don't know. We just were trying to dump the three kids with Grandma and Grandpa and get away for a <laughs> while. So it was a daytime. I'll be honest with you. It was a daytime tour, mm-hmm. and um, we did that. Was what is that? The number six in New Orleans, and then we went further out. It was actually a very nice tour. There was, uh, I forgot who it is that made a huge monument of, was it the the Fates to his wife? Um, oh, it, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I anyway, we've about. always been, like, big into cemetery tours. So, at any rate, but, yeah, when you see the Voodoo Queens, you see a lot of things that you wouldn't expect to see in the cemetery. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's, that uh, St. Louis Cemetery, number one, is, yeah. it, it's a wonderful cemetery, and it it survived the flooding just fine. Yep. And because uh, it, it's got those huge walls, and it is yeah. a fascinating tour. It is not a place you want to go by yourself because absolutely it is right not. On the edge. I, yes, I was just yeah. going to say even unless okay, unless you're Van Helsing. That's right. Unless it's you. We had gone to one where the woman um, that ran the tour said the last time she came, there were literally packs of wild dogs. Yeah. Really. Yeah. It's. You know, New Orleans is New Orleans. I mean, you can't. It is what it is. We happen to have relatives in the area, so we go there a little bit. Um, well, that explains a lot, by the way. Doesn't it? Well, you wouldn't even want to know what sounds are coming out of my basement right now. Oh. I'm actually out on the deck, so you don't have to hear. <laughs> Ron it, it knows is, what I'm talking about. Right. It is actually her husband's birthday, who uh, is Clay, who happens to be our... Uh, tech uh, manager for the New England Ghost Project. So uh, what did he get for a gift for his birthday? Rock band. <laughs> Rock band. Yeah. So he You know said, what that is, Fiona? No. Oh. Oh, God bless you. It's, um, you can use it with a um, gaming system like a PS2, which is what we have, and it has preloaded songs, and it has, you can play, so I've got all the family down there. We've got two on guitar, one on drums, and one singing. The one singing is my husband. And let me just tell you, my German shepherd was begging not too long ago. (laughs) And he's outside the house. So so this is like karaoke, but with musical instruments, too. Totally. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I've had to walk out onto the deck so you won't hear it. Okay. It's bad. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Okay, let's let that one go. Yes. <laughs> yep. you, you will actually meet Janet and uh, Clay at the uh, David Wells uh, ghost hunt uh, 
still be working there. Uh, we'll be there. Oh, the good. And, and then maybe we can talk a little bit about Colby Sawyer. Oh, cool. Okay. Oh, Colby Sawyer. That's where I, we are. We're up in Newberry. Fiona, oh, you are? Fiona actually yeah. knows Colby Sawyer a little bit, don't you, Fiona? Yeah, I went there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I would love to do a... Um, anyway, we'll talk when I see you, because otherwise... We'll oh, end up definitely. Speaking. We're going to do we'll that. We'll usurp all Ron's time. Well, I, I wanted I, to mention while you're talking about history that I did do a, quite a bit of research into Haverhill and Buttonwoods, okay. and it is on the front page of hollowhill.com. Oh, cool. uh, it, it's the main article there, but I, I did quite a bit of research just into the, the general history of uh, the hauntings and, and just it, it's the stuff that can potentially feed hauntings there. Okay, and cool. So it's on, it's on the website. And I assume- www.hollowhill.com. Oh, and I'm assuming that, that Tom will be yeah. there, right? I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Okay. I I know. Um, I'll have to talk to him beforehand. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, anyways, we we got a little bit off the track of uh, of research, but uh, anyways, uh, that's an important part of any ghost investigation is is doing the research on the property, the area, uh, and the families. It, yeah. I mean, if, you, if there is a name attached to it. And the people um, involved. Yeah, I think that's important. Um, and and to really, like I said, when people tell you when you're getting an oral history from someone, think about what they're saying to you if you're the researcher because they really believe what they're saying is fact. But if you listen sometimes hard, you can hear in their, I think you can anyway, in their voice the part that they're not so, like, sold on. So that's oh, really? kind of yeah. I think you can because but, you know even when something is does not turn out to be factually true. Right. If we go back to the the books like uh, Conjuring Up Philip, the concept that if somebody believes in something enough, it can have an effect oh, on yeah. the location. And so you know while I do extensive historical research, I also have to take into account the beliefs of the people that are there and in the area because I think. Their beliefs, even if it's just urban legend, can create some psychic phenomena. Oh yeah, I do too. I believe it. You know, and you know what? The other thing I was just thinking about is, um, if if possible, when you are in a location, I think it is important to take note of what the natural elements are around you. For instance, in New Hampshire, we have a lot of granite. Uh, just yes. things that might possibly affect going to what Fiona said, the psychological impact. And yes. what it is, I know, I mean, I don't really, I wouldn't say that sounds crazy. I say it sounds like a logical environmental thing that you need to think about if you're going to really do the research. Absolutely. Yep. You have to consider every possible influence, real, documentable, psychic, everything has to be taken into account. Actually, actually Fiona uh, does investigating a uh, very unusual way. I, I found that, I found it very intriguing. Oh, uh, you look for like what common denominators? Yes, yes, I look for patterns. Patterns. Yeah, because I I can tell you, for example, in New Orleans in the French Quarter, I mm-hmm. can tell you within feet where different hauntings will occur. Wow, I I have found the pattern to that, and I I do have a book in progress. <laughs> One of my many books. Uh, I do have a book in progress explaining what the pattern is, but I can. I, it was such fun to go into different stores in the French Quarter and say, do you have a ghost? And, and I could tell them exactly where it was. Wow. And that, that really rattled people that I could say exactly where the hauntings were taking place, which stores had, ha- had ghosts and which didn't, 
Um, there's, there's an absolute pattern there. Uh, in my book about Haunted Austin, I found a pat- patterns, actually a couple of them there. One is Jack the Ripper, who I didn't even know had been in Austin. Wow. And, wait, 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 uh, what's this? Jack the Ripper's in Austin? Was. Had Jack the Ripper really? was in Austin before he went to England. The first... Hey, I did Ma- Jack the yep. I, ha- I should bring my, bo- my book to... When I was in London last year, we did the Jack the Ripper tour with the guy, and I have the book. Oh, you know yes, the guy he's I'm so good. About. He's phenomenal, and we bought yes. his book, and it's very interesting. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, I, there was the pattern of, of the Jack the Ripper killing there. That, now, that was America's first serial killer, and it's something that people just don't talk about, and that is in my book, uh, The Ghost of Austin, Texas. But that's not but the only minute. pattern. If if you're saying he's there, then you're saying you know who he is. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a very good idea who he is. But there's, it's never been established who he is. No, but if we just take the, the possible people, there are like three or four of them, actually, who went from Austin, Texas to London. One of them was actually interviewed. He took out his knife to show the reporter and said he was going to kill prostitutes. I think that's pretty good uh, as as at least a good guess as to at least some of the murders could have been done by this particular guy. Wow. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things I just stumbled on when I was researching the Austin book. Was he possessed? No, he's just nuts. (laughs) (laughs) What's the difference between possession and nuts? Do we really know? That's a show in itself. No, seriously, do we really know? No, we don't, and I, I do think that's a show in itself because the different influences that can cause somebody to make really horrendous choices, uh, mm-hmm. such as killing the prostitutes because one of them owed him money back in Austin, uh, you know, th- th- this is just weird stuff, the, the conclusions that people come to. So, yeah, the variable is how much of it is being possessed. I don't know. Hmm. It would take somebody with a lot more understanding of that than me. I mean, yeah. What 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 makes people do evil? That's the thing. I mean, we yeah, really I don't think, know. Yeah, and the and the issue is, as I have said, we or the the majority of people try and place logic on these illogical things. Mm-hmm. We're yes. looking at it with a logical eye. Why would you cut somebody's throat because they told you 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 know stepped on their toe? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's just say that they're not logical. Okay, it's not logical. You cannot look at it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I guess it's almost like ghost hunting, in yeah. a way, we, or, or spirit, whatever it is you want. We're looking at it logically, but in a way we know we really can't, because there's oh. some things we can't explain. No, right, and yeah. some, of, some, of, some of the ghosts you communicate with, and you realize they, they really haven't a clue. You cannot <laughs> apply logic to it. Yeah. Right, right, what you're trying to do. Okay, Janet, we're going to have to uh, say goodbye to you right now. Our okay. other guest is, is called in, so we're going to have to add her in. Okay. Uh, we want we want to thank you so much for calling in, and, and we were, were going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, research, but we kind of strayed a little bit. But that's Sorry. okay. We did some. We did some. We did all right. Um, yeah. Okay, I'll email you. Uh, <laughs> okay. Very you have a good cool. night, and thanks for calling. Nice talking to you, Fiona. Bye. Yep. Bye. Bye. Yep. Bye. Bye. Okay. Uh, the number here is eight seven seven eight six four four eight six nine eight seven seven eight six four four eight six nine. And our next guest is a, well, she's a Reiki practitioner. Uh, She does, I don't know, all kinds of that spiritual stuff, whatever that is. (laughs) She is Erica Rock from the Lighthouse Center. Erica, are you there? 
I'm here. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah indeed. What what would you just how would you describe what you do? Um I do everything weird and unusual. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a lot of territory. (laughs) (laughs) Everything with this seen and unseen. Well, let's see. I do do Reiki and energy healing, animal communication workshops, um, nutrition. I mean, I do some normal stuff. I'm a holistic healthcare practitioner, so I do nutrition, and I'm a master herbalist. So I help people get well without drugs and surgery. Um, now, you, now you tell me after the double bypass. Well, you should have called me. Just <laughs> eating a couple of pills, and I would have been fine. But no. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. And what anyway. else? Psychic development. Um, all sorts of fun stuff. And what's your website, Erica? www.ericarock.com. Mm-hmm. And. Very easy. And you are located in, in Rye, New Hampshire. In Rye, right? New Hampshire. That's right. We call this place the Lighthouse. Which I don't think I can go there. We're right near the beach. Are it's you the really lighthouse? I, I go to Rye all the time, and I did, until I saw the list of locations that uh, you're going to have events at, and I saw that, and I thought, where is this place? I've got to go there. Yeah, you'll have to stop by. Well, we've got some fun stuff coming up. Can I tell you guys what we've got? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, next Wednesday, have you told, Ron, have you already announced this? Next Wednesday, the 30th? Uh, Somewhere along the line, I've been so buried with all kinds of stuff, but feel free. Just go ahead. Okay. Next Wednesday, July 30th, from 7 to 9, we have Gavin Cromwell coming from the U.K. That cutting-edge psychic. Yeah, he's young, but he's fun, and I guess he's very, very good at what he does. He was uh, featured on the show Most Haunted, the Jack the Ripper special. And Which I guess fits into start... our segues into our other one. Unbelievable. The show is just, like, all fitting together. I can't yeah. remember. Synchronicity, yes. yes. Yes, and he'll be starring in his own TV show called Cromwell's Quest. Woo-hoo. I guess he's a very talented psychic medium who specializes yep. in mediumship and visiting haunted locations. So he's going to come here, and I'm very excited to have him. I understand your place is haunted, too. Oh, yeah, we definitely have visitation. I've got cold air swirling around me right now. It's been going on for three days. I'm like, who is it? What do you want? How can I help you? Can you leave me alone while I'm trying to get this email out? (laughs) I'll get to you in a minute. for Gavin to show up. No kidding. Uh, Well, maybe they are. I'm starting to wonder. They're all coming around. They're like, oh, he's coming. I think they know. They do. They know, and they will yeah. wait. Well, I'm going to tell them they have to wait outside. How's that? I need to there set some boundaries. <laughs> wait outside in the yard. That's Take a so number. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Erica uh, is is also. Uh, I think you have another event too. If I I do, I do Friday, August eighth, from seven to nine. We have David Wells coming here from the He's UK a- as well. He's the pitcher for the Red Sox, right? Ex pitcher for the Red Sox. Oh, you are so Is bad. he really? Yeah. No, he's not. Is he? Yeah, he's a big, ugly guy. Oh, God, you're horrible. Well, I, tell he that is. to his face. See if he wants to come here and hang out with you ever again. There you go. Yeah, well, he's going to do like a journey into past lives, kind of finding out how they can affect you here and now and what you can do to help heal the past. Yeah, but he's they don't gonna... exist. 
So what yes, happens? They do. do nothing all night? Yes, they do, Ron. Well, they we're going to find out. Do. I'm going to be there. Well, you're going to be in for you're going to be in for a treat then. Yeah. He's gonna a very do rude a, surprise. Yeah, <laughs> a rude awakening, Ron. They're going to he's going to take you to a very scary past life. <laughs> Actually, uh, I, I was on WCAP in Lowell with uh, David, and he came on and started talking that, and then I started rolling my eyes. And oh, okay. uh, the, the host asked me, he says, well, what, what are you doing? And I says, well, Dave's going to come over, and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Either I'm going to find out I was a midget in my past life, or <laughs> David's going to go back a changed man. He's going to see oh. the light. So the challenge was out there, and we will see what happens. That's all I can say. Well, I, I mean, I, he's very well known in the UK. He's most widely known yeah, for his appearance. Yeah, but they're British. What do they know? Well, he was he was on the series Most Haunted. Mm-hmm. That was like, like very. I said, what, they're the British. What do they know? Hey, you are so bad. Very popular television series. It's like, oh, it's yeah. in its tenth season in the United Kingdom. And actually, yeah. we can watch it here on the Travel Channel. I know a lot of people that watch it on Friday nights. Yeah. On yep, on Friday nights, and I my guess son, he was born. My son never misses it. See, see, there you go. Is your son going to come to David Wells here at the lighthouse? Uh, probably not. Well, why not? That's a, he needs to show the support. Where's the love, Ron? Where's the love? Yeah, I know. What can I tell you? <laughs> but I guess He's my he was son, born. You know, he he sounds interesting. I guess he was born in Scotland, and he also has skills as a psychic medium. Um, He's an expert in astrology and past life regression, and he's uh, he's wrote a few books. I guess yeah, he's complete... interested in the Kabbalah. Yep, yep. Uh, he's got what the, the hell complete... is a Kabbalah? I thought that was like Kabasi. <sighs> no, it's not Kilbasa. What is it? Um. Oh, I don't. Isn't it Jewish mysticism? I'm not. I'm not That's very. That's one well way of it. it, it... It may. It, it depends on where you draw the line on where Judaism started, but it is either way. It is a very ancient study of spirituality. We get into Tree of Life. There's there are a whole lot of different aspects of this that are almost universal throughout many many religious beliefs. But most people do associate it with the Jewish faith and with the mystical sides of the Jewish faith. And it makes reading the Bible a whole lot more interesting, especially the Old Testament stuff, because then the numbers start having a lot greater significance. Really? The patterns of beliefs, the, the stories that they tell in the Old Testament suddenly have different meanings to them. So it's something that I think is very interesting, regardless of what your personal religious beliefs are. If you're somebody who enjoys reading the Bible, just for the amazing stories that are in there, it gives a lot more depth. But it is also a way of looking at life and a way of understanding the patterns of things that happen in your life and in others around you. It's it just got a lot of different applications. So I'm excited to hear what he's going to say. Well, I'm going to have yeah, to definitely I... talk to him about this. <laughs> and I've heard the Kabbalah. I mean, I've heard it's a lifelong study. It's very, yeah. very involved. So really? yeah, there are all these layers to it. You, you know, you, you get a, a basic understanding of it, and then you discover, oh, this this also means, and it goes into the next layer, and then the next. So it is a never-ending study. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool, you know that? <laughs> you know all this crap. I mean, that's pretty good. You know all this crap. I, oh, I, I mean, know. I, I mean you know that, all this and, crap. I, I mean that in terms of endearment. <laughs> I mean it in the nicest of ways. 
Right, exactly, the nicest of ways. When you see people like Madonna wearing the red bracelet, um, mm-hmm. that's somebody who studies the Kabbalah. That's right. Yes. Really? Yes. She got a bunch of those people in Hollywood all following Yeah, but the she's Kabbalah. got, I mean, she's got a red bracelet, she's got crosses, she, you name it, she's got it. <laughs> Robert, right? can I answer to that? I don't Madonna's know. very multidimensional. <laughs> yes. But anyway, so is David Wells, and I think he's going to be a fascinating speaker, and I think you are so lucky to have both Gavin Cromwell and David Wells speaking there in Rye. And, uh, you know, if you're right by the beach, this is just a perfect location. Oh, it is. It is. And there's tons of wonderful places to stay along the coast, so if people have to come from, you know, from far, there's plenty of places to stay. The beach is right at the end of the road, so it's just a nice place to come. I'm sorry? Which beach are you at? Uh, Rye on the Rocks. Oh, it's, okay. Where the where the Paradise? Like Scotch on the Rocks. Yeah, it's not too far from Wallace Sands State yeah. Park and Pirates Cove, and it's an awesome location. I mean, it's just it's it's a really it's a perfect place for a healing center, really, because you just can't help but feel good here. It's like being on vacation. It's very hard for me to get my work done. I wake up every morning and it's like on va- I'm on vacation. There's you know, the beach. We're, Eric, we're running out of time, so you wanna, if somebody wants to sign up for one of those, we, we, how could they do that? They should give me a call. Uh, they can reach me at 603-512-3865 or 603-319-4860. Or they can always shoot me an e- email, which is easy. It's Erica, E-R-I-C-A, at EricaRock.com. Either way is great. And uh, actually, I've known Erica for quite a while. She um, she went to the first uh, contact, right? That's right. Yeah. So That's anyways, right. I, I want to thank you for calling in. And believe it or not, we've got to run. So, Erica, thanks for calling. Oh, thank you for having me, guys. Have a great night. Yep, and I'll I'll be seeing you. Okay, bye-bye. Yeah, bye now. Well, that was cool. Looks like we're running yep. out of time, though. Fun show. Went by too quickly. Yeah, we went, it was all over the place, but hey, whatever. So, um, what do you think? You going to come back next week? I'd love to. Uh, yeah, Maureen seems like she's taking vacation now. I'll talk to you. Time okay. to say good night and God bless. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-legged beasties, and things that go bump in the night, deliver us 